What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Retro Jammers podcast. If you've been keeping up, you'll know this is another Carter Weeks, and we're doing Metal Gear Solid for the Sony PlayStation. Carter Weeks! So, um, I think we've only got two games left, everybody, on our wheel, and that is 007 Goldeneye and Resident Evil. I'm really, really hoping the wheel chooses Resident Evil this week. Not That's because right, I'm, Carter. That's not right. Because I'm a monster fan, though, Danner. Just because <laughs> I want episode six, which is the dark number, to oh, be the horror survival game. Yeah. And then I want episode seven to be episode double O freaking seven. Oh, I never thought Ooh. of it like that. That makes sense. Right? I really want that to happen. But... Man, if you, if you guys are following along, though, we do have a poll up. It's on our Facebook. Uh, at uh, You can just look up Retro Jammers. You'll find us on Facebook. And that poll is between those two games. Um, do y'all know who's winning right now? Does anybody know? If oh, not, it's Goldeneye. I think it's winning by one vote. Okay, okay. Well, maybe yeah, I'll get on the there. Well, was Resident Evil was up. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I'm sorry. I forgot you made a new poll. That's okay. We'll get it, uh, yeah. we can yeah. get it pulled up here in a minute. But, uh, Resident also, Evil is up by one right now. Okay, good. that's my vote then. I'll take that. And and Tanner, if you could vote on it, you, then that would be another one for you. <laughs> I need to make a Facebook, honestly. I need to get over my stuff. Nah, honestly, you probably should just stay off Facebook, man. It's not that <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. we also have a Twitter, everybody. If you're on Twitter, it's, uh, you can just look up at Retro Jammers. And uh, we, we talk about stuff on there, too. We're trying to keep both the, the platforms up pretty good. But it uh, mm-hmm. seems like Facebook seems to be the one that's actually... Uh, Popping right now, but we're getting some action on Twitter, just not as much. But uh, we're on both platforms, so you can hit us up either way. We also have an email that I don't really check too much, and it's actually and it's called um, jammersretro at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email there, I'll, we'll get back to you eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, if we get more traffic there, then obviously I go over there. But as of right now, um, it's pretty much Facebook and Twitter. And once again, just look up Retro Jammers on either one, and you'll find us. But, uh, man, boys, I'm excited for this week. Um, Jared, you've had a pretty good week this week, or how, how's your week been? My week's been a little rough, man. Uh, I was busy at work. I'm training somebody at work, and uh, I don't know. I had a lot of work this weekend to get done and carried over so, from the work week. So, so you're like a new guy training <laughs> training a new guy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, uh, like I said, I, I, I didn't really – get to get into this metal gear like i had planned on which i've played through before so i I know enough about it and i did get to play through i actually i went through the ps1 version and the gamecube version uh for a little bit just to kind of compare the two so i can at least give that perspective this week but overall yeah i didn't get get all the way through like i had planned I am jealous that you have the GameCube version. I've always wanted that version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, version do you have a GameCube? Can, um, no, but I'm probably going to get a Wii um, just so I can uh, play some of the games that you all are probably going to pick down the line. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. as soon as you do, let me know because I want you – I know Metal Gear is such a, a big game to you. I want you to borrow this because I think right. the GameCube kind of – it, it kind of, I don't want to say perfects it, but it, it does improve it with just small little, you know, things that I'll talk yeah. about later on today. Right. See, and I can't say anything about it. Sorry to cut you off, Carter, but I've always wondered You're why good. these big companies don't port their games over each system. Like, I would love to play this on the PS4 and Jared on the PS5, but it seems like they you got to go back and buy the old versions. That's very inconvenient. Oh, okay. I mean, they, they're sitting on a gold mine right now. I would well, love Tanner, to buy all of the Metal Gears right now. 
right? I, I, I think I told you to go ahead and get it on PS4. I had no idea it wasn't on there because I've got it on like PS3 and I thought yeah, I had it on the Vita already and it wasn't on, on there, right? And I was like, why is it not on the Vita for some reason? Because it has so many PS1 games and that's a great system to play PS1 games on and I could take it wherever I wanted to. Oh, but yeah. No, I had to play it on PS3 and I was just like, you know, it's a PS1 game. Like, <laughs> why not port it to the other systems? Like, I just don't see. I don't exactly. see why, unless you're making some type of King remake or something, which would be awesome. There was actually some guys on Facebook who said they would love to see a remake of this game. And Yeah, Konami's um, been doing their re-releases recently with like Castlevania and stuff, so who knows? Maybe we'll see Metal Gear Yeah, it's future. possible. Yeah, and also, like, uh, I don't know if anybody's aware, but they kind of remade the stage of Shadow Moses Island, which is where this game takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of did that on the PS3 already for Metal Gear Solid 4. So, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, I, I haven't played it, but I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. But um, so guys, before we get into your all's history, because you two are the Metal Gear veterans, I'll give my brief little history on it. I've never it. heard of this game honestly until I was about ten years old, maybe nine, whenever they first revealed Snake in Smash Brothers Brawl. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer. He was like a huge deal at the time because he was like the first third party character to be in Smash Brothers. And I was like, who is this guy? He like came out of a, he came out of a cardboard box and said some sort of a line that's iconic. I can't remember exactly what it was. Kept you I, waiting, I was, huh? Yeah, and his name was Snake. I was so confused, but <laughs> they're, they're time, doing their like, best. Yeah, they're like I learned me. more about the series through Jared because he he loved the series and I watched him play it a lot. But uh, what was your all's introduction to it? Well, like like you mentioned before, they uh, they're trying to hook me in, but. Uh, I'll let Jared go ahead and go with his history. <laughs> I was I was wondering what Jared's history was on it myself. Yeah, I don't know either, to be honest. Uh, you don't know how I got into Metal Gear. I no, was just thinking it was. Uh, I was thinking it was the iconic number two, in my opinion. But uh, let's see. No, you're right. The first one I ever played was Metal Gear Solid Two, and the only reason I got it was I had rented it. Um, I had rented it somewhere near Beckley. I was staying a weekend with my dad, and we would always go to different rental stores. And for some mm-hmm. reason, it kind of drew me in. Uh, I just kind of looked at the back, and I was like, well, let's try this out for the weekend. And I had no idea what Metal Gear was, but I remember taking it back, and my dad and my Uncle John, uh, we tried to like kind of go through it. Like, they were watching me go through it, and they couldn't believe how cool like the stealth and that sort of thing was. But, yeah, so Metal Gear Solid 2 is my first game in the series. And quickly, and- how, how old was you when you played this? I would say I was 11 or 12. What year did 2 come out, Carter? Do you know right off? Uh, I'm not sure what year 2. 98 was Metal Gear Solid 1. Okay. Yeah. You know what, Tanner? Since you pointed that out, I got something to point out. Um, this was something I was thinking about. So Metal Gear Solid came out and when? 1998. Banjo-Kazooie, when was that? 1998. <laughs> and when was Mystical Ninja Gomen? 1998. That's my birthday. That's my favorite year right now. If you ask the retro jammers, like we're all about 1998 right now. I I was just thinking about that. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. That's a, that was a great year for games, man. A lot of good stuff. Especially if you, I just looked it up. Metal gear two was 2001. So yeah, that fits the timeline pretty good. It it definitely, you know, in, in our, I don't know if you're listening and you're from this area, the flood of 2001 always kind of is like a, a major deal. So, like, I always base things either after oh, or yeah. before. I know it, I knew it was after that based on where I was. So, mm-hmm. uh, it was probably 2002. I was probably 12, Tanner, to answer your question. Okay. But I, I didn't know, you know, I couldn't get through a lot of the game. And eventually when the Metal Gear Solid 
Uh, I believe they named it Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes was re-released or like, you know, a better version of it came out or a more updated right. version on GameCube. That's when I went back and played right. one. Okay. Yeah, the, re- the reason I asked that was because I know you have a history of being like scared of games that aren't usually scary. And whenever I was playing through Metal Gear Solid <laughs> 1, whenever I was playing the Metal Gear Solid 1, there were some times where I was like tensed up, like, God, don't see me, don't see me. So I was like, I wonder what little... Eight-year-old Jared was like playing these games because this is. <laughs> well, if you think about it, this is our first Jared didn't game to play. Yeah, it is. That's a good point to bring up. But yeah, eight eight-year-old Jared didn't touch this, but uh, still, <laughs> still a scared eleven to twelve-year-old Jared did have to play through this. <laughs> yeah, but you're right, man. I would, I would like, I'd live in those dang lockers because I was nervous. I mean, like you said, tensed up. Like as soon as an alarm or I'd set or somebody would see me. Yeah. Okay. My whole thing through this today is to try to not talk about two as much as possible because, you know, based on our guidelines of what's retro. Yeah. Based on our guidelines, like we could always go back to two later on. So I'm trying to save as much, but yeah, I've played through one. I really enjoy it. So I'll stick to that as much as I can. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and get into uh, my history with the game, and that'll pretty much lead me pretty much into why I chose the game. So uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but uh, I'm sure Jared probably is. But when the PlayStation launched, a lot of them came. There was a lot of demo discs that used to come out. Oh, and they yeah. would be packed in with like 15 different games you could try out. And I remember we had a like a, and I think it came with the system, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that because I remember even Pizza Hut came out and <laughs> used to give out like a demo disc. <laughs> well, I guess it was like a kid's toy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, but uh, yeah. So Metal Gear Solid was one of the demo uh, games, and we tried it out. And I remember when we first fired this game up, we were thinking, "Man, this game is so god awfully terrible." Because we would crawl <laughs> under there and we'd go up to those guys and we'd start like punching and kicking, and they would keep killing us. And we're just like, "What? What? What the hell is going on? We can't beat these guys. They keep shooting us to death. This game is way too hard." Well, I just I remember one day my brother came home from school. And he said, Matthew, we were playing this game totally wrong. The whole point of this game is to skip uh, or to uh, sneak around and hide. And I was like, what do you mean? So um, basically, we thought we just had to run up there to start beating people up and get to the next level, kind of like a beat up which yeah. obviously that's not this game. No, not And we would always skip the cutscenes because a lot of kids do that. And I was one of those kids that used to do that just to get to the gameplay. Yeah. And, uh, which by the time we actually got this game, I was definitely into the storyline. But anyway, so we got into um, figuring out how you're supposed to play, and you're supposed to sneak around and not let them see you. And at the time, I can't think of another game that, well, I know I didn't play another game like that, that you had to actually sneak and use stealth to get through the game. And that just blew my mind. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then the cutscenes that they put out, which this is back in 98 on the PlayStation, I was just like, Oh my gosh! This is a movie. I, we're playing. We're playing a friggin' movie. This is this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I feel like this is one of the first games. I mean, it was a game. You know, Hideo Kojima. I felt like this pushed a lot of different things for the first time ever. Exactly what you said. It's the first real stealth game that kind of set the bar for other stealth games like uh, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, on top of that. It was one of the first games to use such great, like uh, you know, voice acting that really set more That's, of yep. almost a movie feel instead of a of a game. Oh yeah, like it's, it's it it was the first for it set the tone, you know, going forward for many different things. 
oh, yeah. elements. And another thing to add on top of that yeah. is um, like you all seen that David Hader liked one of my uh, tweets from this week, which <laughs> you know oh, I love that 100%. I've always loved I'm hearing I'm not really a Metal Gear fan, but when I saw that, I was a little jealous, Carter. I'm like, my Yeah, God. I love that. 100% love that. Cause he was Snake all the way up. And then I think in Metal Gear Solid 5, they went a different direction, which I'm not – I think Keith or Sutherland did it then. Is that right, Jared? I'm not – I think it was him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm so. pretty sure. It wasn't like – uh, uh, But, yeah, like I didn't like – I don't hate that at all, but I'm just like, man, uh, David Hader's Solid Snake, okay? But anyway, but another thing I'd like to point out about this game and really this series, like I know we're not going to talk about the other games because eventually we'll go back and play them, whether I pick them or Jared mm-hmm. pick them. Somebody's going to pick them. But um, another thing is like, uh, well, the reason why I'm a PlayStation kid in the first place is because of this series. Wow. Like I beat this game and at the end, I, I know Tanner didn't get to see the cutscene, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I was like, my God, I just want to know what happens next. I have to know what happens next. And then I remember at school, Jared was talking about Metal Gear Solid 2. There's a few people that played Metal Gear Solid 2, actually. Sons mm-hmm. of Liberty. And I was so jealous at the time because I didn't get a PS2 until like a year after it came out, I think. And you all, I think you all had it earlier than I did. I know you had it earlier than I did, but I don't know exactly know when you got it. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember I was like, my gosh, I just want to know what happens next. The game sounds awesome. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> so um, actually, my brother got a PS2 before I did, which kind of sucked because me and him like we get along great now when we were kids we just fought all the time like he didn't like me even getting going into his room and i would have to go into his room to play the ps2 so yeah. i usually just wait till he was gone doing something because he was older than me yep. so i would go in there and i would play i remember one day we didn't have a memory card for the ps2 yet and i just sat in his room for like eight hours and played uh, metal gear solid 2 but anyway oh. um the point the point is uh I had the option of getting a, a system for my room because mom knew, like, she was tired of me and him fighting all the time. I'd want to go in there and play the PS2. And she was like, okay, so do you want, um, like, a GameCube or Xbox or what, what do you want? And I was like, um, I'd love to be able to play Metal Gear Solid 2 alone. Plus, there's this Metal Gear Solid 3 game coming out. This is about the time I got my own system. So yeah. that's the reason why I've been in PlayStation my whole life pretty much. And then... Even on PS3, I, I think I've you, seen, sent you all uh, pictures of it. It's a uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. So this series is 100% why I'm a PlayStation kid, or grew up as a PlayStation kid. Wow, so, that's incredible, yeah. man. But, yeah, like to go back to the to what Jared was saying about the voice acting, like we've been heavily on N64 games lately, and that's been awesome. Like Honestly, I slightly prefer the N64 to the PlayStation, but a game like this could have never, ever been made on the N64. No, it it no. couldn't have been because of the, they needed the CDs and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Carter, because back in, back in the day, obviously everyone knows that PlayStation used CDs and Nintendo used uh, cartridges, but the CDs could hold way more memory than the cartridges ever could. So that's why in games yeah. like Banjo and all that, they had to work around it using like duh, 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 like that Banjo voice. But yeah. in this game, it's fully voice acted. There's no just text. It's all and voice I think, And I think that um, Final Fantasy VII had to come to PlayStation. They were going to go to Nintendo, but yeah. they needed to use the disc for like the... It wasn't for voice acting, but it was for like the music and the sounds they were wanting to do. Yeah. But yeah, I know that's kind of off topic, but yeah. I'm, well, not really, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's pretty yeah. much... Yeah, so that was a PlayStation versus Nintendo, I guess, if we wanted to go back to the console wars of that day. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's anyway. cool, too, if you look at, like, the the hardware. Like, this is our first, you know, this this game had two discs, right? There were no yeah, it was two N64. Yeah, there were no N64 cartridges that you just, you know, you didn't exchange a cartridge. Like, 
the hardware in the PlayStation allowed for this to kind of expand beyond what it could be just based on one disc too. So I think that's pretty cool right. to mention as well. Right, and the, I think I feel like this game itself, Metal Gear Solid, really took that 32-bit Sony PlayStation and they squeezed everything they could get out of it, honestly, like with the voice acting, the movie scenes, and like I said, I mean, if you look at it now, you might look back at it, and we'll get to that in the review, but like, you might look back and be like, oh, this is kind of blocky, And but I mean, for the time, like, this was incredible. Yeah, for sure. But uh, speaking of review, you guys, you guys about ready to get down to it? I feel like we've been... Oh, yeah, man, I'm, I've been ready. Okay, well... touched the Metal Gear game, so this was uh this was probably the hardest game we've played on the wheel so far for me. Right. Uh, well you're the you're the person I'm most excited to hear about because I don't know how this game would feel to somebody who's never played it in two thousand twenty one. Yeah. Well just right off the bat, Carter, whenever I was on the main menu <laughs> the main menu gave me trouble. Whenever I was going to hit new game I kept I kept hitting X and for some reason, it wasn't working. What is going on? X is the cancer. I'm like, what is going on? So apparently in Japan, uh, circle means like continue or go or accept. But <laughs> X is canceled. So I'm like, oh, okay. But I, I, it took me like three or four times to even start the game. So once I was in the game, yep. uh, I was I was uh, like, stealth is not my default um, option in games. Like if I'm playing a game like Skyrim, or Fallout, I'm not usually the stealth guy. I know Jared is. Every time I watch right. him play these type of games, he's always the archer, stealthy guy. <laughs> That's just not my style at all. I like to charge in and do my thing. So that little beginning part where you got two guards and you got to and you got to wait for the elevator to come down, I died five times. Like, <laughs> well, um, I kind of touched on that whenever I told you how me and my brother hated this game when we first started mm-hmm. playing it because we'd run out there and we, I mean, because if you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do, and um, we yeah. would go out there and we were just like, here we are, come on, let's do it, and then yeah. they would kill you. Yeah, exactly. And I was telling you, I, I sent you a message. That's the first thing I ever said about the game. I was damn impressed by the attention to detail in a game that's over that's 23 years old like yeah. I, took, I i stepped in a puddle and the guard was like who is that and he immediately ran over to me i'm like oh my god okay so i really got to pay attention to what i'm doing i love it man i love hearing that because just because like i just love because i know what you're experiencing right now is the same thing that i experienced 23 years ago that's what i love yeah. it. and then even then it continues like once you get out of that area and you go up the elevator and you go to the snow I, I walked past the guard and he didn't see me, but he saw my my footprints. And he's like, "Whose prints are these?" And he followed the prints. I'm like, "Man, I gotta really take this seriously. Like, this yeah. is legit." <laughs> yeah, man. I love but, uh, hearing you talk about. There's one that, thing man. in Metal Gear games that everyone knows of. It's very like well known. Is the cutscenes? I didn't really think in this game that the cutscenes would be as long as I've heard, like in Metal Gear Solid Three and Four. But my God, some of these can go on to like 15 minutes long. And you, <laughs> I was just yeah. like, I'm, I'm watching a movie right now. Yeah. And I was worried you might be put off by that because some no. people hate well, that. No, I, I enjoyed it because I love the characters. Like, that, honestly, if, if the voice acting wasn't as good as it was, this game could have been a, tra- a train wreck. Because yeah, I agree. Yeah. Where this is a PS1 game, like the, the cutscenes are a little like choppy and like the animations aren't good. There's no facial expressions, no lip movement. But right. the, the voice acting is really all you need. Like they really sell it because another game on this wheel that has horrific voice acting is Resident Evil. 
I love that game, but the voice acting in that game is absolute trash. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's part yeah. of the times too, but I mean yeah, but that's what that's another surprising thing about the game was that they've got the voice actors that were on point. The cutscenes were in, I mean, like, even in 2021, because I haven't played this game in probably 15 years plus. Well, yeah. I know I played two and three to death, and once we get to those, you'll probably figure out why. But this one, like, I hadn't played it in forever, and I honestly thought I was just going to dread it because I remembered uh, once two and three came out, the gameplay is so vastly superior to this one. Yeah. And I was just like, but then when we started playing it and I got into it real good, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is still. I feel like I ain't played it in so long. Is this was like the most nostalgic game we played so far? Because I like Super Mario World was my first game, yeah. But I played it recently, or more recently, the Metal Gear Solid. This one I haven't played in fifteen years, so this felt this was great. Oh, and you haven't like, played like it in that long? Though. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been playing two and three, and as far as the remakes go, like I bought the HD remake for like Vita and PS3, and those don't include this one. They include two and three. Yeah, and yeah. I, I bought that uh, a year and a half ago before we even started the podcast because I wanted to get into the series. I'm like, I guess I have to buy the uh, Metal Gear One separate. Right, and that's something you touched on earlier. Like, it's just I don't know why they haven't included this game in those packages. Because I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, the game can't be that huge. To, you know, like when you no, download, it's no. like. 780 yeah. megabytes. I mean, I know that's beside the point, but like, even when you buy the HD collection for Vita, it has Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, and it even has Metal Gear NES and Metal Gear 2 for NES. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, why are you skipping out on Metal Gear Solid? Like, I mean, it's, it deserves <laughs> to be. Does it have like a PSP version of it too? Like the Peace something? Uh, Peace Walker, Peace I think Walker? it's called. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a, yeah. Right. But I'm is, just that like, a, is that a remake of one? Is that another version? I'll be honest, I've not had a PSP to play it. I know I've got a Vita, but I, I skipped, like, I never had a PSP. Yeah, no, I, think Vita had game. I think it is. And uh, a lot of people say it's awesome, too. Like, it's got high reviews if you look it up, so it's probably a great game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, anyway, back to what I was saying about Metal Gear. Uh, this game, like, it it teaches you a lot of stuff, like, the, the a lot of the, like, main mechanics of the game. But for the longest time, man, I think the reason I didn't get to complete this game was because I didn't, I wasn't aware of certain things in the game. Like, for instance, I didn't even know you could crack people's necks for the first two hours of the game. I thought, like, it was just a little punch, punch, kick. And I was, every time I would do that, like, I tried to be stealthy, they would swarm me and I would die. So I was like, what the hell am I doing wrong? Like, right. they, never, they never taught me that I could do the neck snap. But, yeah, uh, that like next manual. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably it, yeah. Like I said, we don't have the manual. Now, when you have it on PS3, though, there is a manual, I think, if you go to the game and hit the options or something, but you'd have to literally go out of the game, go into the options, and you can look at the manual that way. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't. I did. Right? I mean, sometimes you need to. But, yeah, this game was just, uh, like I said, I had a great time with it. But uh, I'm interested to hear how Jared felt about it. Did you get to touch on it any, Jared, or was, was your week? I know you said you had a busy week. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like I said, I, I played it quite a few on both platforms, um, and I was just going to get some information, and as soon as you get that Wii, Carter, I want you to play through the GameCube version. Um, it does a lot of cool things. <laughs> it kind of incorporates the, like, uh, I don't know, like the additional stuff they added to Metal Gear Solid 2 into Metal Gear Solid 1. Like, A, of course, it, like it looks better, but B, they add, like... Um, for example, first-person shooting, which isn't a thing in the first one that I couldn't yeah, believe. Yeah. Like I, I kept trying to like shoot out the cameras early on, 
And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And so I started looking back, and that wasn't even a thing in the first one. No, no, no it wasn't. So, but the GameCube version, yeah, the GameCube version, you can do that, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah as, soon as, you, as soon as you get that Wii, I want you to play this GameCube version. Okay, I definitely do. And like like you said, like once you start playing 2 and 3, I mean, I find those, like, I, and I don't want to compare those to this one because it's really not fair because I have to compare a PS2 game to a, yeah, a PS1 You're game. Right. Because uh, there wasn't no, uh, when this game came out, you can use the analog sticks, but they weren't, like, programmed in. You pretty much had the D-pad. So I was, like, if you had the aim and everything, you could use the D-pad, I guess. But, I mean, I can understand right. why it's left out of the PS1 version. That's a good point, Carter, because whenever I first played the game, I was playing Snake, and I used the analog stick. I'm like, is my controller broke? What is going on? And I was like, oh, you got to use the D-pad. <laughs> D-pad's way better, yeah, because yeah, I tried using the analog yeah. stick, and the D-pad's better. Yeah. yeah well, this mine didn't even too. work. I, I couldn't even move with the analog stick. I'm yeah, no, you can turn them on, but it's not. it, it still the, it controls yeah. better with just the D-pad. So. Oh, okay, I got you. I, yeah, you can press that menu button and go to controller settings and actually turn your analog settings on the PS3 version, which right. is pretty helpful if you want to use the stick instead. There, yeah. yeah, like like this game was way ahead of its time because, well, I, I told y'all I had a problem with the codex. Uh, whenever, I honestly, I didn't know. This is another thing, ignorant me, did not know. You know, like whenever you bring up the codec menu, you can hit down on the D-pad and you can select memory and it keeps your contacts of every single codec number. Yeah. yeah, I had no clue. I thought you had to remember every single number. I'm like, my God, I, I, I have a notepad next to me. Like, this is how you save the game. This is how Bringing you out the pen and paper, well, just jotting them all down. Like, okay, yeah, and I, I, that, I was like, I really wish Carter would have told me this because this would have made my life a lot easier. Yeah. But that that brings up a pretty cool point about the game, like how, uh, shoot, who is it, Carter? You'll remember more than me. Um, the the Meryl? one part that you get to where you don't have the codec to them and they mention in the game look at the back of your cd case i think it's right, the right. that's uh, that's meryl and her codec like if you bought the game and have the disc in your hand you flip it over and her codec number is actually on the back of the actual game disc when you buy it oh that's awesome yeah, yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah they tell you which in that game brings up that, a good point now if awesome. you keep calling the colonel he'll eventually say okay you need to call meryl you need to call meryl look at the back of your game disc call meryl Okay, yeah. her frequency is like 141.15. It'll eventually tell you, but it's pretty cool they have it included. You can just flip it over, and there it is. Yeah, there's a boss in this game that's super infamous that I, I, I knew about, even though I'm, I never played Metal Gear, I always knew about, and it done sort of similar things like what you're all talking about. It broke the fourth wall. Psycho Manus. Psycho Manus. Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> Whenever I played this, I was su- even to this day, I was impressed. I'm like, man, they really... This is one of the most memorable boss fights ever, maybe. Like for what it done at the time, you know. Like, I think so. did you all experience that? Like, whenever it was like first happening. Like, oh my gosh! Day? I remember when I was a kid. Now, now I know like this past breakthrough like is kind of different because I've already beaten the game before. But it's been fifteen years. Like I died a few times of stuff that I just forgot. Yeah. I just forgot some of the ways to uh, beat these guys. Right. But Psycho Man, as I always remembered, you had to literally like pull the controller out of like port one and put it into port two. Right. <laughs> and um, when I first played through the game, I didn't have the rumble feature on my PS one. Yeah. Like, this was back in 98 because, you know, I don't think it launched with that. Like the, the controller you had is what you had. But if you have the rumble feature, you can, he'll literally say, put your controller on the ground and then he'll yeah. like, rumble and move, which is pretty cool. And there's actually a few games. I'm not a hundred percent sure what they are, but when he reads your uh, memory, he'll read your memory card. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll say your memory's completely clean. But there's a few games, um, and some of them are Hideo Kojima. Uh, he games. called one of mine out, Carter, on the PS3. He's Did like, he? Yeah. He's like, you're a fan of Castlevania, aren't you? Because yeah. I had Castlevania yeah, Symphony of the Night on my PS3. That's awesome. Yep. I never and got I to like, experience oh, that. Oh, man. I, I thought that would be like a PS1 thing where they wouldn't bring that over the PS3, but it done it. And I was like, it awesome. me away. <laughs> I also yeah. know on the GameCube remake, he will call out certain Nintendo games. He'll be like, oh, you're a fan of Mario Sunshine, aren't you? Like, he'll yep, call out he Nintendo will. games. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know that. Yeah, yeah, he will. That's the that's like the one of the coolest like like you said, break the wall thing, like break the fourth wall things of yeah. like gaming. Like and that was back in the day. Like this is one of the first games to do that kind of stuff of that like to that effect of it anyway. Even oh, even 100%. Hideo Kojima, he's known for being like a little prankster. Like sometimes during the boss fight, it'll bring up like an old school like video screen, like whenever it would be black, but it'll say Hideo instead of video in the top. Yeah, player. that was in the Psycho Manus fight, and he put his name in there instead of video because yes. they were trying to trick him, <laughs> and he changed the screen. But it, and then he put Hideo, and that was just that was just like yeah, a little yeah. joke he was pulling. Well, but there's actually hey, a. I, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I do got like something to call out on that. One thing that I didn't like about like the Psycho Mana stuff, it, and this just might be me, maybe I missed something. There's nothing really mm-hmm. to like tell you what to do until you lose to that a few times. Like, yeah. there's nothing previously to tell you to switch your controller to port two to like fight him, other than yep. after you lose a few times well, and you get a call and like a suggestion. Am I right or am I wrong? Did I miss something? Yeah, no, you're I felt like, you're not wrong. If- you lose a few times. He'll call and tell you, but if you keep calling him and calling him, eventually, because I, I tested it out on mine, because uh, it took me a minute to change the controllers on the PS3, because there's another way to beat him without switching controller ports, and that's with those statues that he throws around. You can shoot the statues, but you have to mm-hmm. have died a few times. I actually okay. looked that up before the podcast, just so I'd confirm it with myself. I mean, like I, mean, yeah. I didn't use yeah. it for the game. I just switched controller ports. But if you call the colonel, yeah. if you, like, if you call him, like, usually it takes four or five times. He'll eventually say, I've got it. Go ahead and switch controller ports or <laughs> take your controller from port one to port two. That should work, which yeah. is still another one of those breaking the fourth wall things. But that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. He'll tell you, but you just got to climb a bunch. Yeah, that's one thing I had no clue about Metal Gear. I thought it was going to be kind of a straight, serious, boring type of series. It has a lot of humor to it. I didn't think Solid Snake would be as, like, uh, charismatic as he is. Like, I thought he was, like, a serious killer guy, edgy. But no, he has no. like a, a sense of humor to him, and he's like really, he's like yeah. a ladies' man type of guy. Yeah, and I, was like, oh, I, I, I can feel like Jared loves this shit. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that made the game to me. I mean, to me, like this is kind of the first ever uh, protagonist that is like just the man in my eyes. You know? Yep. Me too. Oh, me too. I mean, he's the, that's the reason why I'm a PlayStation guy was pretty much because of. I mean, honestly, it comes down to Solid Snake, uh, this game, and just how cool he was. Like I've always like. I guess you could say I know it's a video game character, video game character, and it's kind of lame. But I've always looked up to him because he's just so. Oh yeah, he's just so laid back and cool. He's like but, Nathan uh, Drake before Nathan Drake was a thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because Nathan Drake's awesome too. But like, I was a little bit older when I got to those games, but those games were cool too. But oh, yeah, yeah, like, um, like I was, I was honestly worried, Tanner, because I knew that the. Uh, because once you play the newer games, which I know you haven't got to play them yet, which kind of no, helps out this game, honestly, because you can aim in that first person mode yeah. and everything and shoot out. And like we were talking about shooting out the cameras and everything, you can do that on the newer games, but you can't yeah. on this one. Well, and, yeah, uh, whenever I was worried I was, how you'd feel about that. Yeah, whenever I was playing this game, I noticed that 
it didn't really have the in-depth stealth that I grew to know through watching Jared play three and two. Like for instance, whenever you kill an enemy, they just vanish on the floor. Yeah. I thought, I thought you would have to drag them into a locker or something, but no, they just vanish. Um, Whenever you get spotted in this game, I felt like it was a little cheap. Like whenever you get spotted, they just keep coming over and over. Even though there's like two guards in the room, they just don't stop. I agree. Because there's a few times get away from them. There was a few times I had that issue, even with my most recent playthrough, because I would be like, I was like, okay, there's two guards, I'd kill them, and then literally, like, it's like barely off screen, and there would be like more rushing in. I'm like, there's no way you came from that direction. It's impossible. There's impossible for me to have had six people over there when I've killed the only two yeah. that's here. Yeah. And it's literally yeah. just barely off screen. And like, as soon as you kill that one, like, the alert goes down, and then the next one's already there. And I'm just like, there's no way that's possible. Well, but I mean, it is an older I killed, game. If I killed one guard in the top right corner of the room, right? That, and then I moved over to the, the bottom left, let's say, they would know I'm in the bottom left as soon as they came in the room. I'm like, there's no yeah. way. You would think I would be in the top right. But I was just like, eh, it is what it is. You know? Right. And yeah. one thing that's at a disadvantage, too, is like if you play ever play two and three and you will, and I don't like to give too much away, but like uh, whenever they like see you on those games, they'll have to like run away and radio in for help. Mm-hmm. On this yeah. one, as soon as they see you, like it's like boom, and then everybody knows just from them seeing you that boom, yeah. this guy's right here, and that's yeah. kind of like a. And and once like in nineteen ninety eight, you know it wasn't a big deal because there was no Metal Gear Solid two or three, so this was just like, hey, this is just how it is. It's pretty awesome. But after you experience two and three, when you go back, you're just kind of like, oh, that's kind of that's lame. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I got a couple things too as far as that goes. Like, uh, that was one of one of my biggest you know, main complaints with the game. But two, I felt like the camera is almost too zoomed in and you start to rely more on your radar up above yep. to just dodge the the field of vision there. Yeah, like, that's true. And, and I, I did, I looked that up and, and I was wondering, like it felt so zoomed in and they said something like maybe at the time of development, they did that on purpose so that it would run a little bit, you know, more smooth. But like the amount of polygons that they had to upload, that's, you know that they kind of maximize the uh, performance of the game based on on that. So yeah. I think that kind of limits it. But overall, I mean, it's still an awesome for its time. It set oh, the yeah. bar for so many other games. Which, right? Yeah, I, I have been saying some negative things about it. There's some things I was extremely impressed with. Another thing I had no clue you could do unless uh, I found out by accident was you can lean against walls and it will change like the camera perspective. I had no clue you could do that for the longest time until I accidentally done it. And right. that, and, but you can also, if you hit, I think it may be the square, the circle button. I'm not sure. It's circle to knock yeah, on the Yeah, wall. you can knock and it will bring the guards to you and you can lure them to you. I was like, oh, that is a really cool touch. Yeah. They done. Yeah, I agree. That was awesome. I mean, like, like I said, when this game came out, it was just so different from other games I was playing at the time. But just for me especially, I mean, it may there may have been other stealth games at the time, but I'm just well, not aware of any. I was going to ask you, Carter, have you ever played the two Metal Gear games before this one on the NES? Um, well, not before I played Metal Gear Solid, but I mean, I've played them now. I've actually got them on the NES and, like, actual got the cartridges right here in the room yeah. I'm talking to you on. So. Yeah. Um, well, and, that, and, that, well, another thing, because that, they are a part of the main story, I think this one is after those two. Um, it is, yeah. If you, yeah, if you go in the main menu, uh, you can read the storyline of those two games so you can get all caught up. That's st- that's something that people don't even do in games today. You know, like, usually you're left hanging. Like, you just got to know what happened in previous games. 
but they right. really fill you in to the story and what was what's going on. So I'm right. really pleased that they've done that. And that just has to do with how in-depth the story is and how yeah. important the story is to this series. I mean, this series is built around the story. Like, a lot of games are built, you know, and the gameplay's good, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, it's great. But I just mean, like, uh, a lot of games are built, like, you know, they have, like, this awesome gameplay, like like a Super Mario World. Like, it's yep. pretty cool that you got to get, you know, you're at Yoshi's Island. you got you got to rescue Yoshi and then his kids are kidnapped. I think wasn't that part of it like his uh, kids were kidnapped or something like that, the babies or whatever, and you got to go rescue yeah, them all yeah, or something yeah. like that. I yeah. mean, like that's like, okay, that's cool, but really you're just playing the game. Like you don't really like, yeah. you know, you're not into that. This game though, Metal Gear Solid, is uh, just 100% like, okay, here's the story and we want you to invest in it. We want yep. you to know yep. about it and everything. And like like I said, even the NES games, like if you go back and play them, um, and I'll, and we probably will on this channel eventually. Like I'll probably pull those out just because I did like them. But uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's some issues with those the American versions anyway on NES. But uh, right. Like well, um, they yeah. uh, literally cut out the Metal Gears the Metal Gear fight from the first one. Um, they replaced it with just a big computer, which was uh, bizarre. But I look <laughs> I, I don't know why they did that, but they did the yeah. Japanese version though, which I think was on a different might have been. I forget what they call it, like a 3D, 3DX maybe, or 3MX, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, like I said, I hate not knowing what exactly what's called. I probably should look it up for the podcast, but that's okay. Right. But uh, they have an actual Metal Gear fight. You're fighting a Metal Gear. <laughs> and then yeah. the, in the NES version, you're fighting a, a computer, which is where, ridiculous. Yeah, where this game is so story intensive, uh, there would be times where I would come back to the game maybe a day or two later, and I'd be like, man, I don't remember where I was. But even then, whenever you load your save, it gives you a briefing on what happened last. So I was like, right. oh, man, this is so ahead of its time. Like, games don't do this even today. Like, exactly. They will let you know what, what you did last, the story and everything. And I thought that was just a really nice touch. Right, and you got to give a shout-out. And that's right. a Hideo Kojima. He just wanted to tell a fantastic story, and he and it plays out throughout the series, and it's it's just so good, Tanner. Like, I'm going to get you to play the other ones later on once we do this, but... I'm just I'm just glad you're experiencing it for the first time because everything you're talking about, like when you were talking about, like you run out there, they're killing you, you don't know what to do. I'm just like, my gosh, Tanner, I went through the exact same thing like 23 years ago. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like the, I, I'm sad I didn't get to beat this game, honestly, because I am going to 100%. And when I do, I'm going to post it in our Facebook group and show you my run time. And I probably died 20 million times, but I want to get it beat and I will yeah. get it beat. That's awesome. I'm, I hope you do. Okay. Like, and there was a few people well, in our Facebook that. group that was talking about the game. Um, I think uh, what was his name? Todd Jared was that right? Todd was talking about how much he wished they would remake the game, and him and his, and I think oh, yeah, I forgot Todd his Bailey. name. They were, yeah, Todd Bailey, and they were talking about um, how they used to stay up all night and just play in the game and stuff. And he he actually uh, commented yeah. on another post I made, and he was talking about how he would continuously play through it because there's a lot of stuff like you play through the yeah. first time and you just pick up extra stuff. Um, when Meryl's sitting there before uh, the sniper wolf fight and she gets shot and everything, um, you can go in there and uh, like punch her and make her mad and put the uh, get in a cardboard box and she'll like whistle and that little puppy that's there will come over and like pee on the box. <laughs> like it's just it's, they've added little stuff like that th- is in this game throughout the game. You just gotta know where to look and um, I don't know if you all got the camera or not. But you can take the camera and take random photos around the place, and you'll find, like, ghost pictures, which is just pretty much uh, – I think it's mostly, like, the creators of the game and stuff. So. Oh, no. But there's I just a lot of little hidden content. Yeah, there's just hidden content throughout the game. And when you beat it, like, if you beat it with uh, without submitting, uh, mm-hmm. Meryl lives, and you'll get a bandana to replay the game with, which gives you infinite ammo. 
Um, if you submit, then uh, then she dies, and then you end the game with Otacon, and he'll give you stealth camouflage. So when you restart, you have stealth camouflage, and you can pretty much run up to people, and you'll punch them in the face, and they'll be looking around like, what in the world was that? Because you're <laughs> invisible, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But I'll give you reason if to I'm not mistaken, Carter, there is a good and a bad ending to this game, right? Yeah, like, I mean, if... You uh, don't have to if, spoil it. I'm just saying, like, there is a two different endings. There's yeah. two different. I don't see them as good or bad, though. Like, I've seen both of them. Yeah, it's okay. just, like you said, Jared, it's two different endings. It's not really, like, good or bad. It's just, uh, they just give you a reason to replay the game, pretty much, which is which is cool. Even the okay. third time you replay it, they start, because um, if, if you, especially if you get both endings, the reason to play through is they'll give you, like, different, uh, pal- like, the ninja has a different palette swap, so he looks different. Um, and I was reading that the GameCube version, uh, Meryl will actually wear a sneaking suit. And then mm-hmm. uh, even on the PS1 version, uh, after the third playthrough, I think Snake gets a uh, tuxedo. So you can play oh, really? tuxedo. Yeah, they just keep giving you reasons to keep playing through the game, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, I you used to play through all the time. James Bond, which we might be getting here in a minute. Who knows? It's possible. Like, I really hope we don't, but it's possible. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want double episode 007. But, yeah. Uh, the wheels well, the boys, but, uh, are you all ready to get into the, uh, the review score here? Yeah. I got one more thing to say. Okay, go for it, man. Do you think love can bloom even on a battlefield? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it, Jared. Like I was like, I know Jared knows this game. And when you said that earlier, I was like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we started recording, He's- I pulled that quote out. But that's something I remember. And two, you know, I kind of wonder if maybe I-, I know there's like some humor, and it's a it's a great game. But like, I wonder if there was some stuff lost in translation, like in the game, and going back to those two different endings, I think the game fits, and especially that scene with Otacon where he, he pulls those love quotes and Snake says something like, people can fall in love with, with each other anywhere or something like that. Like I felt like that was more, it fits almost better if uh, Meryl dies, in my opinion. I don't know. Right. Just throwing it out there. That's that's fine. I, I mean, honestly, like if the first playthrough, when, if you're going to go through a second time, I'd rather have stealth camouflage than a bandana. Like I'd rather be invisible than have infinite ammo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh, if y'all's ready, I'm ready to slap a jammer rating on this bad boy. Let's do it. Good game. Great game. Okay. Since it's my game, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, w- that's the way we've usually done it, right? Whoever picks the game usually starts the review process. Yeah. yeah that's usually how so, we do um, it. Yeah. So, uh, man, I'm trying my best because I like you put up Banjo and then Jared picked Harvest Moon and I was kind of really critical on those two games, which I just wasn't the biggest fan of Harvey. And then the same with uh, Banjo Kazooie, like, um, yeah, like I, I gave it a pretty, I gave it a good score, but I'm just yeah. trying to, it's hard for me to put my 2021 glasses on for this game just because like when I, I haven't played it in so long, when I started playing it, I was like, oh my God, I remember this. This is, this is that. This is why I'm yeah. a PlayStation kid. Right. But, if you've played the most recent, the more recent ones, and this is 2021, to go back and play it in 2021, how do I feel about it? I've got to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love this game, like I passionately love this game. You guys know that. Um, I literally sent out a tweet to David Hayter and he loved it. And I was like, I'm like a eight year old kid, like so excited about it. I mean, this is just my game. This is you, my series. I love you it. You got to brag on that more. The fact that David Hayter. The Solid Snake voice kind of semi-interacted with us this week before this episode. Like right, that I mean. Thrown out there. That's amazing. I'm pumped just, just because that happened. Me too. I, 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 I love it so much. 
And like I said, though, just to look at the game nowadays and because I know I'm going to have to review the other ones eventually, and I know how I've been reviewing games. I I think in my heart of in my heart of hearts, this game's like a it's like an eight point nine or a nine in my heart of hearts. But to sit there and play it in 2021, to be honest with you, because I've not played it in 15 years, and the reason is because of the new games and they haven't released it, and just the way the new games played to this one. Right. I'm I'm settling in, and it's painful for me to say it, but it's a it's like a seven point eight to me right now. Oh, and I whoa. love this game. It's just for me to uh, right. go back and I play. It. I, that is exactly what I had written down. Seven point eight for me as well. And you're no, you're dead on with everything you're saying. It's the game set the bar, you know, really high for everything else going forward. And it kind of it was the first to introduce stealth, uh, great voice acting, more of like a movie presentation than a game. But at the same time, yeah. like. Like there's so many small things that it you know possibly could have well, done better today. So right. yeah, I had seven point eight as well. Right, and like like looking at it, if you played two and three, and you seen like this is one of those rare series where like two is better, three is it just keeps getting better as it goes along. Now four mm-hmm. people are at a toss about. I love four, but and that's a PS3 game, so we'll probably not do that on the, this podcast. Yeah. But like. It's just after you played those, and like I said, we're reviewing these in 2021. How does it feel in 2021? In 1998, it was a 10 to me. <laughs> like, I love this game. <laughs> but, like, in 2021, after playing all those and knowing what I know now, it's just, like, I just, I love this game, and I'm not trying to knock it. If you're listening to this, I love this game. I love this series. It's why I play, I play PlayStation. It's why I've always yeah. stuck with PlayStation. But the first one, Metal Gear Solid, uh, from for the PlayStation, for me, it's a 7.8. Well, boys, that's crazy because for me, I have written down seven point seven. So I'm wow. not that far. I'm not that far away. Um, I'm going to be because this is your series, and I, I'm assuming you're going to be more critical on it because it's your series, and you know it gets better as it goes. But I feel like this one had to go through the growing pains for it to be at that level. You know what I mean? Like you have right. to start somewhere. And I'm I'm honestly grateful that Hideo Kojima stro- like uh, went this far for the PS One because I mean yeah. this was. 23 years ago and there's stuff about the game i'm impressed about to this day like yeah it, I agree. it really did yeah. a great job like i love the story i love the characters the gameplay was pretty good at times i had some difficulty with it but all in all yeah i'll give it a 7.7 i still right. I'm, I'm happy that this has crossed off my bucket list because uh i've always wanted to try this game it's it's if you think about playstation you got like crash spyro metal gear and Final Fantasy VII. It's exactly. up there. It's one yeah. of the classics. So, and that's uh, that's just one of the things, though. Is like, like I say, we're reviewing it in 2021, and just to go back, like a lot of the older games haven't aged too well, and this game, I feel like it aged pretty good. Yeah, but it's just the uh, the fact that you can't aim like first person and all that, and there's just a lot of. I mean, and I know like that's not really fair because of the time that it came out in. But right. in 2021, like it is fair because you can do that nowadays. Well, think of it like this, Carter. We have uh, Banjo and we have Goemon, which are both basically platformers. But platforming has been around since the mid 80s. This is kind of a uh, like a what would you call it? A trendsetter. Like yeah, like like it's, it, it, it's a trailblazer. Like it's, it started it its own series. Yeah, yeah it, it created it. Yeah, like I said, like, and I'm not trying to. Do, I know this is probably just quick math in my head. Like, it's going to be our probably lowest rated game, but it's still rated good. I mean, it'll probably be. It's either going to be a seven seven or seven eight. Jared will probably give us the math on that yeah. with me and him picking. Yeah. It, but it's, like, it you know, I mean, it rounds up to a seven eight. 
Oh, right. seven, eight? And, okay. Yeah, and I love – and you know how much I love the series and I love this game, but it's just – I mean, like once yeah. we get to the newer games, like it's going to be a different story as far as oh, how man. I rate I'm, it. I'm everything. expecting to see nines from that. It's, it's very – I mean, for me, it's possible. What I, I can't tell you right now because I'm going to have to play those games because, like I said, every week that we play them is pretty much I get the feel for it then. And just yeah. going through it this time, I was just like, it feels like a 7.8 to me. I, I really wanted to push it. Like if I had to give it an 8.8, nine or something that would have been just straight nostalgia it would have been like and i don't think that's right to do that right that makes but, uh, sense man. Yeah. okay one of these days you're gonna have to play through the gamecube version carter i'm telling you like and that's i tried to rate mine based based off of the ps1 version um the gamecube version is awesome and it, it's just because of what we've kind of touched on like it kind of updates it and it makes it a really great game so i'm i'm really glad that, that that's the way i played it growing up yeah well so i guess our official jammer rating for metal gear solid is 7.8 which puts it what between almost great and so we're it's good yeah but definitely worth playing definitely worth playing, especially if you want to get into the series start with this game for sure absolutely because if you play the newer ones like it'll be it's harder to go back to but I, I loved it. But anyway, we've got our gem rating in. It's a 7.8. And now, uh, now it's time for the wheel. It's wheel time, boys. Uh, now we're down to the, we are down to the big boys. These, these are the two yes. on our, on our first initial poll that blew Metal Gear and Goemon out of the water in terms of votes. Um, right. These are the two most wanted. You call and these the retro jammers. These most are the wanted. two d- most divisive among, amongst us. Jared is the yeah. golden eye boy. I'm the Resident Evil guy. So, well, sorry to call you bully, Jared. It, it, <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> the re- well, I want a Resident Evil just for episode six. Six is a dark number. We need a ho- survival well, horror game. That, that the wheel doesn't give a shit what you. It want. doesn't give a shit. Uh, it, actually, it, the wheel is. It, it usually does the opposite of what you want. I know, right. so we're probably going to be getting golden out here. All right, episode 007 is going to be Resident Evil, probably. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. As long as we play them both, who cares? Here we go. I'm starting. I'm ready. To, um, let me do the screen recording real quick, just in case. Oh yeah, you got. You know, you got to mark it. It's yep. got to be real. Three, two, one, spin. Oh gosh, come on! There's only two. Uh, 50 50 chance. Come on. We got. Resident Evil. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Jared's going to be going in that Spencer Mansion. He's going to be terrified, and I'm excited. Oh, my God. Tanner, Who I don't know. I didn't, even, I didn't know he was going to do that. I did not know he was going to do that. That was me. <laughs> that is awesome. Did you really, is that your voice? Yeah, that was me. Resident oh, my God. That's good, Tanner. Like, you need to get a job as a voice over. <laughs> I thought he played. Did you think he played that, Jared? No, that was me. I, did you think he played that, Jared, or what? I thought he yeah, played like no, that. No, I swear to God, that was me. That's I thought awesome. he put something prepared there and just hit, like, <laughs> like it was instant, too. All right, well. All right, this is one I've been excited for. I, I'm, I'm going to be getting my PS4 out, and I'm ready. And that's going to I put us on track for episode 007. So that's already set in stone, too. Jared, yeah, did you buy this game? Because it's still on sale right now for five bucks. No, apparently, my PS5 already had it. 
Well, good. Oh, so, oh yeah, they, it was a free game at one point, so you must have gotten it. Well, I've got it downloaded. I'm ready to go. And if you're listening at home, uh, definitely, it's $5 right now. So go ahead and jump on that sale and play along with us. It's going to be a, a scary so, week. Hey, I got to ask. So, you know, this is set in stone. Next week we'll, we'll be reviewing uh, Resident Evil. We'll yep. go straight into 007 the following week. Are we going to set the next wheel on the 007 episode? Yep. Or is okay, it yeah, 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 Jerry. Cl- cl- clarify that up because if we would have landed on Goldeneye right now, we wouldn't have had a wheel spin. But tell them what we're going to do for the next wheel spin for Goldeneye. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, we do have one. So what we're going to do just to make it more interesting where there's three – there's like uh, I think it's Agent – Double O agent and secret agent. I might be wrong. It's been years since I've played 007. I do know there's three difficulties. We're also going to spin to see who gets which difficulty oh. next week. So, so that'll be worked, pretty cool. So this worked out incredibly well then. That's awesome. Yeah, so and, there'll um, still be a, a, a wheel spin next week. But my question is, are we resetting the wheel oh. on next week's episode or is well, it its own episode? Well, what I thought was we would do like a like episode eight, just make it like a special episode. We'll we'll like I was thinking we just load our names up and then we just spin the wheel and whenever it lands on your name, you just reveal one of your games. And okay. also, if you're listening to the podcast, um, I like to load two like community games, I guess you'd call it. Yep. So um, yeah, or or maybe just start with a separate wheel for the community and we can just spin for their two. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, that way, because like like we were talking about, like if uh, someone picks like an awesome game and it's a hidden gem, and you know we go by votes, then no one's going to want to pick that game, and that's just not that's not fair to, in my opinion, anyway. Like if yeah. you grew up with a game that you want to see, then I think it deserves its fair shot. So okay. we can load a wheel, and like let's say we land on community or whatever for episode. And this is episode eight, so we've got time. So if it lands on like community, then we'll spin the community wheel, and then boom, that'll be the first game. And then if it does it again. Kind of like make it like a show, like a like a fun little special episode, and we'll have some announcements too on episode eight. Like I think that's when we're going to announce a giveaway, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe (laughs) a a few other announcements and everything. So definitely, if you're following along, get get ready, get pumped for episode eight, and definitely send us your suggestions what you want to see. And more importantly, though, um, five dollars for Resident Evil. So go ahead and get that downloaded and along with us. PS4, Xbox One. There's no excuse. You can right, get, even PS3. I mean, whatever you've got, five dollars, you get that game. And if you got a PS5, apparently you can already have it. So just play along with yeah, us. This real is, quick, this boys, is who, who are you all going to pick? I, I'm going to go Jill because I've never played that campaign. They're both slightly different. Are you all going to pick Chris or Jill? Um, I'm going to pick Jill just because I know she's like the easier mode. <laughs> I know this game's going to be. It's not like I've played the what is it, the Resident Evil Director's Cut for PS1, right? And I remember it being. Uh, Kind of difficult for me back then, but I mean, it might not be so bad now because I'm older, but uh, I'll probably play with Jill just because I know it's a little bit of an easier setting and it'll give me time to beat it, hopefully. Give me Chris Griffin. No, you got Chris Redfield. (laughs) All right, boys, this this was fun. I'm going to go back and beat Metal Gear, so uh, whenever I do that, I'll post it in the Facebook group. Yeah, finish that up. Let us know. Those... The boss battles are incredible. I do have something else to add that I kind of forgot to mention. If you all had to guess, total throughout the game, how many guards do you think there are present? And that that just includes guards on levels that are like monitoring uh, different like uh, locations. Just like how kinda, many in the game are are there? Like just standing yep, there. I'm yep. gonna say fifty. Okay. Dang, that's tough. Let me think about that. Okay. 
This, uh, this is a, an important point that I kind of forgot to bring up earlier that we can end the episode on. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put it around 40. I'll guess 40. Okay. I, I believe it's either 21 or 23. I don't Nothing remember exactly. What? Well, once oh. you mentioned it, I was thinking, I was like, there's never a lot of levels. There's two at a time, right? And yes. Then, uh, yes. How many levels is there? I mean, if uh, that's impressive. Like, that's something you don't think about. Well, if you think about it, too, I mean, the game, like we've mentioned, is so revolutionary for its time that you're walking through these levels, and that's why there's a lot of backtracking. But if you think about it on disc two, the majority of your, like, guards are, like, machine gun camera type things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's only 23 guards total, which is mind-blowing if you think about it. That's insane. That's that's an amazing job of them to make it feel like there's so much more. That is awesome. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. I agree. But we'll, we'll end All with right. that. There. All right, boys. Okay, Metal Gear Solid was revolutionary, and now let's it's time for Metal for Resident Evil. Everybody, let's it's time to get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my right, first four. I'm fucking sad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. If you're listening, uh, play along with us and. Uh, Tell us about it on Facebook. Just look up Retro Jammers and be brave, Jammers. Be brave, brave. <laughs> be brave. Tell us about it on Twitter too at Retro Jammers. Let's have us a good week, and let's get uh, let's get scared. Oh God! <laughs> um, and uh, feel for Jared. Thank you for listening to the Retro Jammers podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow along and interact with us at Facebook by searching up the Retro Jammers or on Twitter where our handle is at Retro Jammers. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week and uh, let's get playing.